0: So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 5.56 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is May the 4th be with you, bitches. It's 2021, and this is episode 412 of Bitcoin, and sorry guys, you, we're gonna have to live with Ethereum, and quite possibly Doge. I mean, we're just, uh, you know, there's. This is the problem. It's retail. Retail's the problem. It's not. It's not us. You know, it's not what we know about the space. It's not what we know about the shitcoin casino. It is all about what retail does not know about this stuff. So it is, it is alt season. And I can't deny that. I'm looking at charts and I'm looking at things that shouldn't even be alive. Jumping like Mexican jumping beans, dude. Ethereum is at all-time highs, not relative to Bitcoin, of course. But that's not what retail is looking at now, is it? because we're not retail i can almost guarantee you that the majority of this audience is not retail majority of this audience has been around for a while but be that as it may we're going to have to live with ethereum and i'm not saying that that makes ethereum okay it's not okay it's still a scam machine it's always going to be a scam machine but it's always also going to be alive so, you better wrap your mind around that shit and just get over it. I, I I say this not because I'm planning on being all like nice to Ethereans or anything like that. What I'm saying is <coughs> we're just going to have to live with the fact that these things are going to be around. I was on Adam Meister's show last week. I want to say it was Friday. It had a great time. If you haven't Listen to This Week in Bitcoin with Adam Meister, which is also uh, known as at TechBalt on Twitter. You might want to give that one a listen because we, we talked about this stuff as well. And what's going on is all these people are, are, are funneling in and they're coming in. Remember how, Remember how we were when we first entered the space? Because I entered summer or late summer of 2015. I was stupid, too. I bought a bag of Doge. Of course, I bought a bag of Doge because I thought it was cute. You know, I have a bag of Litecoin. And a lot of this is because I'm too lazy to get it off of my ledger and, and take it over to Kraken and, 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 you know, dump it. You know, because I, I, ve- I mean, both of my ledgers are bricked as far as I can tell. I was definitely able to get my, my Bitcoin off, which is the only thing that I really care about because I used the Electrum wallet and my seed phrase and was able to recover all of that and put it into a cold, you know, basically put it into a new seed generated by a cold card. <coughs> and I won't get into the, the parameters of exactly what, what, you know, what that system looks like, but in either event, it's, it's, my Bitcoin is safe as far as my ledger is concerned, but all my other bags are, are on my ledger and, and both of my ledgers are bricked and they were clones of each other. So, you know, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. What is one to do? Even if I, you know, unbrick it or if I buy a new ledger for another $100 and get my stuff over to Kraken, I mean, what are all the things that I'm looking at doing? Okay, you know, First of all, buy a $100 ledger, waiting for it in the mail. Um, and no, I wouldn't be sending it to my home address. I have a P.O. box for crap like that now. Um, and then I got to get it over to Kraken or you know, BISC or something like that, anything that's got an open market for all this stuff. And then I've got to make a decision. Do I sell it for straight cash, which, you know, I could use, or do I sell it for Bitcoin, which would be the better, better of the two. But the problem is, is that I'm forced now into a situation that I kind of got to think about it because it's now not, a, it's not an insubstantial amount of, of value as far as USD is concerned. And I don't like being put in the position of having to think that way. I was, I, I was living in blissful ignorance, not giving a shit about my bag of Doge because my bag of Doge was like so sub one United States penny that it wasn't even funny. Yet here we are, here we are, or here I am trying to figure out, should I even, should I even give a shit? Well, I got Litecoin at like $330 right now. Dogecoin is at like 46 cents or something ridiculous like that. Dogecoin does it it, has, it hasn't had functional development on it in years. And yet here comes retail not understanding what that statement just said. See, and this is what you have to understand about what's going on. This shit happened last time with Altseason. season. It was just a bunch of primates aping into any bullshit that they can find. And the. And here's the thing. If it's a couple of, you know, weirdos coming up over the hill, aping into whatever they're going to ape into, fine. But when you've got hundreds of thousands of people that are coming over the hill, it's an onslaught and you can't combat that. You can try, but you're going to fail. So here we are. And that's why I'm saying you got to learn to live with it. You're just going to have to learn to live alongside of the Okay. And no, that doesn't mean be all, you know, you can do whatever you want. That is your decision. However, you got to understand where we are right now. We're in full-blown alt season, and it literally is retail wagging the doge. Now, the news from Bitcoin Magazine and Brains, which is actually a company that, you know, is a Bitcoin mining company. Uh, We're going to talk about Taproot because Taproot started signaling. And we have already failed our first activation possible period, All right? So that's okay. There, each period, these periods come in like two weeks. They're they're coming alongside the difficulty adjustment. So roughly every two weeks, we get a shot at activating Taproot uh, via a minor activated soft fork and the speedy trial mechan, uh, mechanization, what mechanic, whatever, whatever. You you know what I'm saying. Um, so we'll have to wait until this next difficulty period comes up, and then we can try again. Thankfully, though, Ant Miner or Ant Pool started signaling Taproot sometime today. It looks like, even though they've we we already missed the period yesterday. But this one from Bitcoin Magazine says, or the the uh, the God the headline is everything you need to know about Taproot signaling by Bitcoin miners. Signaling support for taproot activation is easier than it may appear, and Brains is gonna tell you all about that. The latest Bitcoin network difficulty adjustment was the most significant one in quite some time. Besides being a negative 12.6% downward adjustment, unprecedented during a bull market, and one of the largest downward adjustments in Bitcoin history, it also marked the beginning of the signaling period for taproot activation. A few hours after the adjustment, slush pool (coughs) mined block 681,458 with the version bits ox 2 f nine zero 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 four the first block signaling support for Taproot. What followed was a wave of support from throughout the Bitcoin community and some of the best memes in recent memory, both of which, of course, are greatly appreciated. However, There was also a good deal of confusion about how signaling works, what it means, and why other mining pools had been mining blocks that did not signal support for Taproot. For all the non-technical Bitcoiners out there, let's clear that up. When miners signal support, and signal is in quotes, For any Bitcoin protocol update, they are essentially saying that they are prepared to run a certain version of the Bitcoin node software which implements the updated code. In the case of Taproot, we signaled our support by putting a 4 at the end of the version bits, OX2F, that that thing, in the block that we mined. There are many blocks mined prior to block 681,458 which were not signaling support. Some people speculated that this was because the version of Bitcoin Core that does the signaling, which is version 0.21.1, had only been released hours prior to the difficulty adjustment, not giving mining pool operators sufficient time to upgrade. In reality, this is not fully accurate. We were not waiting on the edges of our seats for the official Bitcoin Core release so that we could update our nodes and signal immediately. This is because the active signaling can be completely separate from whichever version of the node software we are actually running. What we actually did was simply make some small tweaks in our mining pool software to inject the number 4 at the end of the version bits in all of the block templates we were sending to our miners for them to hash. In other words, we did not need to update our mining servers in order to signal publicly that we are prepared for Taproot activation. Now that this is cleared up, we can tell you that it's actually very easy for mining pools to signal support since it doesn't even require updating the node software. Therefore, all mining pools who have already publicly started support or stated support for Taproot should have no trouble in signaling that support through the version bits in the near future. As for the actual node software update, it is slightly more challenging in the case of mining servers because any downtime caused by restarting the node can be costly. Luckily, this can be solved with a bit of redundancy. In other words, we run a lot of full nodes all over the world so we can update them one at a time while using other nodes to send block templates to our block miners during the brief downtime. In summary, don't be worried by the low signaling percentage so far. There's still time for other mining pools to start signaling their support and no big technical hurdles are there to stop or delay them. For those of you who don't know much about Taproot, we wrote a not too technical explainer while conducting our own research last year, which is summarized and linked in the thread below, and then they give a a Twitter thread. In a nutshell, Taproot makes more complex transactions, such as those involving multi-sig setups and opening and closing lightning channels, appear on the Bitcoin blockchain as ordinary transactions. This saves block space uh, and hides distinguishing features of the transaction from the public, which improves privacy. So uh, supporting Taproot is a no brainer, get it from whatever. And we encourage our fellow mining pool operators to start signaling support quickly to keep this upgrade uncontroversial. Taproot.watch will look a lot better when it's full of green blocks and no shit because it's got quite a bit of red blocks in it. So there is a really good breakdown of what's actually going on, which completely revamps the way that I was thinking about it as Early as yesterday. Uh, so you don't need you don't need the core software to be upgraded into or or all of your miners to be upgraded. Uh, you just need to inject the four at the end of those version bits, which apparently they can do with however miners do that, because I'm I'm not a miner, so you know, there you go. My Amp pool finally started signaling, and this is actually a good deal because Antpool is one of the mining pools that caused a lot of havoc in 2017 because they were on the wrong side of the UASF which meant that they were signaling that they wanted 2 megabyte blocks and the SegWit upgrade they wanted to do, they wanted the SegWit 2x in total all right we wanted SegWit but you want to keep the blocks small for various reasons I've talked about it before and I won't get back into it but the issue is that pool was and still is at the time it was the largest miner. And right now, I don't know if it can be classified as the largest miner, but it might as well be for as much mining as they do. So that's an important that's an important thing. that's a that's a shift in attitude from amp pool from two thousand and seventeen to today. I look at that as relatively bullish. Uh, this employer, also seems to be bullish, although we have no idea upon wh- if it's on Bitcoin or some shitcoin. You'll, you'll understand here in a sec. Turner Wright will tell us about it from Cointelegraph. Employer paid a worker in crypto and then demanded it back when the price rose. God, what an ass. A United States-based business development specialist... <coughs> has claimed that a company that paid them for contract work using cryptocurrency now wants them to return the tokens following a significant rally in the asset's price. According to a letter sent to Quentin Fotrell of MarketWatch's The Moneyest, the unnamed employee known only as Crypto Confused received payment for cr- contract work in cryptocurrency in August of 2020, following which the price of the token surged 700%. The day the employee wrote a letter, the ceo emailed them demanding that they return the digital asset because they did not generate any revenue for the company and are not currently doing any follow up work after which the invoice uh, they can invoice the company for the hours worked in united states dollars not in the current value of the cryptocurrency god what i don't ever work for companies like this guys Quote, I'm not really sure what to do, said the employee. I know what to do. Give him the finger and tell him to fuck straight off. Quote, I have worked with this person for many years, and he has a tendency to try to change the terms of payment after agreeing on a certain way of operating, end quote. Uh, Though Fattrell asserted that paying employees in cryptocurrency is a risky practice for both the employer and the employee, Asking for payment back, whether from salaried employees or contract workers, would likely open the company up to a lawsuit. Yeah, no kidding, buddy. Employers based in the United States are required to report the U.S. dollar value of any cryptocurrency used for payment on the date that it was sent, given the volatile nature of many tokens. Quote, if the value of the cryptocurrency fell 700% since August 2020, would he want to pay you in dollars? If he suddenly dipped it by that amount today, would he follow up with his employees, quote. While the letter does not specify which token the employer used for payment, Ether would fit the bill, having risen 790% from 370 on August the 1st to more than 3,300 bucks at the time of publication. Depending on the amount of cryptocurrency used in the payment, Crypto Confused would likely need to pay 20% on the earnings under the current capital gains tax rate in the United States. The Internal Revenue Service extended the deadline for filing taxes this year to May 17th. While some companies are adopting cryptocurrencies as a form of payment for services rendered in the United States, there are still legal issues to sort out. Twitter has hinted it will explore paying its more than 4,000 employees in Bitcoin, but added it would likely give them a choice to accept crypto or fiat. In February, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez proposed a similar initiative for his city's employees. Merrick Theobald, vice president of marketing at BitPay, told Cointelegraph magazine in March that the company was most likely seeing greater demand from employees to take at least a portion of their salary in Bitcoin due to a surge in price as well as greater awareness of crypto. However, Paul Brody, a global blockchain leader at Ernst and Young, said he thought it was unlikely for more companies to offer to pay employees in crypto, calling it a high-risk proposition given the volatility of some tokens. So there you go. This guy gets paid in something, and then the employer calls him back and says, "We want it back, and then we'll in, you invoice us for U.S. dollars." Okay. First of all, don't ever work for a company like that. Second of all, if you get caught up in that shit, dude sorry for you. And now what, what happens after that? Well, it depends on your situation. If you're a contract worker, you'll never be asked, asked to work at that company as a contract laborer again. And that's their right. Unless it's a, you know, if it's Texas, that's their right, because it, Texas is a right to work state. <clears throat> I don't know what trade unions would do about this kind of thing. That would, that would be an interesting That'd be an interesting cat to skin, honestly, to figure that one out. But we're so new and everything is so early that nobody anywhere knows what the hell's going on. But this guy is getting hosed. And if he, if he does this, if he sends it back in good faith, then shame on him or her, depending on who, whoever the hell it is, because that is the contract that you, the contract that you agreed upon, you were going to get paid in this stuff. It could have easily gone the other way. And if it had gone the other way, if the employee said, you know what, I'd rather have U.S. dollars and you can have the cryptocurrency back, then that employee is just as unethical as this employer is being right now, right? Whatever it was that you agreed upon, you have to stick to the damn deal. I don't understand why it is that people think you can just make a deal and then break it, you know, and just breach contract and and have no repercussions or or not understand why that's a bad thing. Yes, breach of contract is a bad thing. And it's not because you can get sued in the United States or other countries. That's not the point. You're not just breaking a contract on a legal basis. What you're doing is you're breaking your word. You gave your word to somebody and you're breaking your word, which means that your your name is basically worth shit. And if you can't understand why, then please stop working for people. Go live in a hermitage or find some cave in the mountains and live out the rest of your days because I honestly don't want to deal with people like uh, those people who will breach contract and and wonder why people are mad at them. I don't get it. So what CME micro futures mean for the Bitcoin market by Gank out of Decrypt.co. Let's find out what a micro future looks like. Derivatives Marketplace Chicago Mercantile Exchange, or the CME Group, today launched micro-Bitcoin futures at one-tenth the size of one Bitcoin, so 0.1 Bitcoin. The new offering aims to attract priced-out retail investors and flexibility-seeking institutional investors. What it boils down to is that Bitcoin futures contracts are now available to investors at $6,660 in today's market, a far cry from the $290,000. The, uh, uh, <clears throat> which is the worth of non-micro-Bitcoin futures. Quote, when you look at the bi- price of Bitcoin and how much it's appreciated over the last several months, current future contracts have become prohibitively expensive, Tim McCourt, CME Group Global Head of Equity Index and Alternative Investment Products told Decrypt. Futures contracts are obligations on traders to buy or sell an asset at a certain price on a given date in the future. If you're not planning on buying one BTC at today's price of 56660 in a couple of months, then you can lock in that price through a futures contract, which is good for hedgers. But futures contracts are also good for speculators. They can also be bought and sold like any market-traded asset, allowing bets on the price difference between the contract price at the time of signing and the real market price at the given futures date. The price difference makes a sweet profit for the arbitrageur who makes a correct bet. This, honestly, this is all just gambling, guys. It doesn't do anything. Some people will scream and yell, Yeah, it's price discovery, dude. No, no it's not it's gambling you're playing roulette okay or or at best tic-tac-toe to play the futures game though you have to be able to afford them the original cme bitcoin futures contract launched in december 2017 is worth five bitcoin not a huge deal then but it's around 290 grand today in contrast a micro bitcoin future at one tenth of the bitcoin comes down to $6,000. Micro contracts appeal to retail traders priced out by the original offering, but it's not just about affordability. McCourt said that there's also been interest from institutional users using crypto native trading firms who wanted more wiggle room in their trading strategies, you mean their gambling strategies, that no longer have to invest 290 grand increments when there's an option for six grand. But if Bitcoin's price keeps climbing even higher, the current micro Bitcoin contracts could also price out a lot of people in the future. CME would consider offering differently sized contracts if that were to happen, said McCourt. In February, CME launched Ethereum Future and last month recorded 5,500 contracts trading. Ethereum futures contracts with blah, 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 Ethereum. Today's launch of micro Bitcoin futures saw the equivalent of 6,241 Bitcoin trade, which McCourt described as a hugely successful first day. In an earnings call last March, CME senior managing director Sean Tully said the marketplace generated $4.7 million in revenue from Bitcoin futures offering in this year's first quarter Micro futures may add a major spike to that figure if today's success is any any indication of their future. So small-denominated Bitcoin futures contracts are now live. Be aware. We don't know what this is. What effect this is going to have? We'll have to. We'll, we'll literally have to watch it. Um, is it good or bad? Shit, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy into the whole gambling thing, which is why I don't play poker. I don't go to casinos. I don't hang out with strippers. I don't do massive rails of cocaine off the freaking bar at the Sands and, you know, El, what, whatever it is, uh, Vegas. I don't do any of that shit because it's not worth my time. And honestly, I've seen people just get wrecked. I had a buddy that he just couldn't stop gambling. And I mean, you're talking about a guy in Midland, freaking Texas. All right. He's not like going to Atlantic City. He's calling his bookie. In Midland, there's a bookie. There's probably 12. Anyway, he's calling his bookie in Midland, betting on the Jets game and losing his ass and wondering why everything sucks. You know, don't gamble, guys. And it doesn't, just because it doesn't say casino on the door when you walk into the CME, please be aware. It is a casino, nonetheless. Speaking of, grayscale the dcg authorizes 750 million dollars in gbtc purchases as the discount persists this is out of bitcoin magazine written by dylan Leclaire. earlier today the digital currency group which is the parent company of grayscale investments announced that it had authorized an additional 750 million dollars worth of grayscale bitcoin trust to be purchased by the company this is an increase of 500 million dollars compared to an authorization By DCG announced last month. So as of April 30th, the parent company has purchased $193.5 million worth of GBT shares in an apparent attempt to bring the discount between GBTC's shares and the net asset value or the NAV back to zero. With many funds executing the cash and carry trade over the past year and easy access to Bitcoin products still very much lacking in the legacy financial system, GBTC exponentially grew in size as the risk-free yield opportunity presented quite an allure to investors looking to capture said yield, who could redeem shares at NAV, the native asset value, directly from Grayscale. Now, with the premium to NAV deep in negative territory, And with newly issued shares of the trust locked from six months before being able to be traded on the secondary market, these arbitrageurs are now underwater. Uh, At the time of writing, GBTC is trading at minus 12% discount to NAV. (laughs) Oh, man. Although that's not the worst it's ever been, guys. Yeah, I think I've seen minus 15 once before. So, you know, this is the thing that happens. And this is, I think, this is also has been unsaid into, you know, why all these people are throwing their 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 hats in the ring for a Bitcoin ETF with the SEC rather than just starting up a grayscale, you know, a grayscale trust type, you know, instrument like a, you know, a Bitcoin trust, <clears throat> because uh, uh, Scaramucci or the Mooch said that. And he does have one. I can't remember the name of of his company offhand. Uh, He does have one. And he said immediately after opening that, he was on an interview saying, if we can't get this converted to an ETF later, or if we can't open up our own ETF later, we're just going to be out of business because an ETF is going to eat our lunch due to the fact that X, Y, and Z. But X, Y, and Z did not include the fact that these trusts can go underwater and go negative as far as their net asset, the, the underlying asset value is concerned. And that may be, I think that that's like a major a major uh, reasoning as to why a lot of companies are going straight to an ETF or at least trying to instead of even trying to navigate a Bitcoin trust. So if you' not if you're wondering why all these people aren't doing a trust first and then converting to an ETF, because Barry Silbert's got to deal with this shit. And I guarantee you, Barry Silbert doesn't ha- like having to deal with this shit, although Silbert's going to be just fine. Believe me. I, he's he's making 2% off of everything in the Grayscale Trust every single year. So that's, that's a lot of money. I don't know if that's every month or every year. Somebody please tell me what that is. Okay, talking about retail wagging the doge. This is where it is. Remember what I was saying earlier in the show about what you know, retail aping into anything that they can find. Well, we have Doge uh, just passed Tether's market cap following eToro integration. Turner Wright, tell us more, Cointelegraph. At more than $52 billion, the market capitalization of meme-based cryptocurrency Dogecoin has already passed that of Twitter, U.S. car manufacturer Ford, and now Tether. According to data from Asset Dash, <coughs> the market cap of Dogecoin is $52.5 billion, more than $400 million higher than that of Tether at $52 billion. The token has already surpassed Ford and Twitter market capitalization of $45.1 and $43.1 billion, respectively. The week-long surge in Doge price follows crypto-friendly trading platform eToro, announcing that it will begin listing Dogecoin, so retail aping in will continue. In a statement to Cointelegraph, a rep of eToro said the platform had added Doge due to strong customer demand. That's retail wagging the Doge. That's what I'm talking about. The fact that they had to bend the knee to list a fucking meme coin on something as big and as long, it has a long history as eToro. That's what I'm talking about when you've got hundreds of thousands of primates aping over the hill, wanting anything that they can get because unit bias is the only thing they see. And if you don't believe that that has massive power, well, here we go. eToro just bent the damn knee. Whether due to eToro's integration, pushes from a Doge army on social media, or mentions from prominent Dogecoin proponents like Elon Musk and Mark Cuban, the price of Doge has rallied significantly this week. At the time of publication, the price of Dogecoin is 41 cents, having risen more than 57% in the last seven days. Some are speculating that the rally may be due to Musk's upcoming appearance as the host of Saturday Night Live with Musk hinting that he'll be participating in a comedy sketch called The Doge Father. The show already featured non-fungible tokens in a rap skit featuring Kate McKinnon as U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, in which musical guest Jack Harlow provided the most concise information on the technology. Perhaps Miley Cyrus, who's scheduled to perform during the episode will do the same for Doge. (sighs) Originally created as a joke, Doge is known to be susceptible to social media chatter, particularly tweets from Tesla CEO. Last month, pro-dogecoiners seemingly attempted to pump the price of the token by getting the hashtag #dogeday trending the week of April the 20th. Even comedian Bill Maher or Mar, whatever, mentioned Doge on his show Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday referring to the token as Easter bunny cartoon cash. And he's not wrong about that, by the way. Bill Bill Maher had, I mean, his rant on cryptocurrency, spot on. I know he doesn't get Bitcoin, but the rest of this space, he nailed it pretty good. Uh, and that's why he's so angry is because he's seeing all the, the, you know, the hundreds of thousands of primates aping over the hill into shit like Doge. And of course, it's going to piss him off. What he needs to understand is how Bitcoin works, but I don't think he's going to listen Let's run the numbers. Flammable liquids are indeed on fire this morning. West Texas Intermediate is up 1.7% to come in at $65.60 a barrel. Brent North Sea likewise up 1.7%, $68.76 for a barrel of that. Natural gas is the only one swinging to the low at 0.81% down, but it's still coming in at almost $3, $2.94 to be exact for 1,000 cubic feet. (coughs) Metals are mixed. Gold is down almost half a point, uh, $1,783. Silver is up barely. Uh, It's it's still at $26.98. Platinum is doing well. It's up Uh, 1.54%. Copper is down 0.12%. Palladium is up over a 0.1.16 to be, be, oh God, specific. All the agricultural futures are up except rough rice, which is unchanged, and they're up quite a bit. You're going to be looking at sugar coming in at 2% to the upside. Corn, another 2% on top of yesterday's gain. Soybeans are up almost a percent. Guys, this shit's not looking good for food, bro. And like I said yesterday, all, the reason those particular agricultural futures are important is because wheat, soybean, corn, and sugar, all of it goes into your food. Whether it's fillers or, you know, I don't know, like this is why stovetop stuffing, okay? if No, I don't eat stovetop stuffing. If I'm going to make stuffing, we're going to make it right, which means homemade. But if you're buying a box of stovetop, Hell, half the shit that goes into it just increased by 1% today. Just saying. Be be careful out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, indices, meh. Dow futures up 0.05%. S&P futures down 0.1%. NASDAQ futures down 0.35%. And the S&P mini is up a scant 0.01%. All of the bond prices have been pushed down point, like, I don't know, 30 years down 0.08. Same with the 10 year, uh, 0.06 to the downside on the five year and 0.01 to the downside on the two years futures, which means that interest rates on all those have probably increased slightly. Just, you know, do with that what you will, but that's what legacy markets look like today. We've had a drop in the Bitcoin price because alt season, so you can thank your your primates aping in over the hill for that shit. Fifty six thousand dollars, or sorry, fifty six thousand three hundred and fifty seven and a half dollars. <throat> We've had two hundred and ninety five thousand transactions performed in the last twenty four hours, which is about twelve thousand two hundred uh, transactions every hour on the hour. With five hundred and ninety two thousand BTC being sent around the horn in the last twenty four hours, that's almost twenty five thousand. Bitcoin being sent every hour on the hour with 2.01 BTC being the average transaction value and the median transaction value is holding at 0.019 BTC or just above $1,000 US. Block times are (coughs) very low, eight minutes and five seconds people, eight minutes and five seconds per block creation. Uh, Each block is generating 0.62 BTC in fees Uh, And over the last 24 hours, a total of 110.75 BTC have been generated in fees. At a 0.2% down uh, in the hash rate, we are still at all-time highs of 182.87 exahashes per second. So maybe not the all-time high, I'm just saying we're in the all-time high region because 182 exahashes per second, that's a lot of hash. Okay, Litecoin is at $315. Ethereum Classic is at almost $55. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethereum Classic was coming in at, at $7 or 6 or $5 like four months ago. Four months, and, and it's 10 x This is what alt season looks like. If, if you were curious, this is exactly what alt season looks like. Bitcoiners get confused when we see this. Altcoiners coiners point at us and laugh because of this. It goes on for months and months. And honestly, if you had, and I don't, I don't want to be a bear and bring you guys down on Tuesday, but all the talk about the super cycle and I got a lot of respect for Dan held. I really do. And some of the other guys in the, in the space that are talking about the potential of this not being a regular cycle where we get a blow off top and, and, Re, you know, retrace back down. But honestly, guys, I think we're going to see another regular cycle because, well, alt season. And, you know, it, I just, it's, I think what it is in nature, you get ecosystems that develop no matter, no matter what you want, no matter how hard you cry, no matter how, you know, how hard you kneel and pray to God or whatever it is you pray to you're not going to you're not going to be able to get away from the fact that if bitcoin then some altcoins what i mean by that is that you know bitcoin came up and the first thing that the human spirit does is say i can get rich too i don't need bitcoin i can just spin up my own coin and then it just goes on and on and on so you get this balancing act between the apex predator and all the bullshit that goes along with it, whether it's little mammals walking around, plants, flowers, trees, you end up with a whole ecosystem, whether you wanted it or not. We look at the apex predator, but what we're not really understanding is that the apex predator is placed in an ecosystem that develops around the activity of said apex predator. To wit, the wolf reintroduction to Yellowstone National Park was hailed as a miracle And rightly so. Rivers started flowing that had been dried because of the actions of the wolf inside of something like 20 years. I know that's impossible to understand. And that's okay. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it. But you got to understand that the wolf goes and does stuff that causes other things to happen, that causes other things to happen, and on and on and on until you get a dry riverbed running water again. I know it's weird, but you got to think of it the same way here. Bitcoin does not exist in a vacuum and it's never going to exist in a vacuum. And the quicker you wrap your head around that, the easier it is. You're going to be able to live with the fact that Ethereum is never going to go away. Dogecoin is never going to go away. Litecoin is never going to go away. They are never going to go away. As much as you want to wish them away, they're never going away. Does that mean you should buy into them? No. No. Because then you've got to time top and tops and bottoms. And I don't want to do that. I did not get into this space so that I can be a master fucking trader. I got into this space so that I can just buy Bitcoin and have a savings account again. You know? that God, you got to, oh, these people are just making me sick. I'm going to go ahead and skip Clark Moody. Well, let's do a quick rundown of Clark Moody. We have 1240 BTC in the Lightning Network. That's worth almost $70 million dollars. We have 10,935 lightning network nodes, which are running 43,517 channels that we can see. Okay, we have 717.92 BTC in the Tor side, which is the kind of the hidden side of the lightning network. <coughs> and that is 57.9% of the whole lightning network. So that's good. Yesterday it was at 58%, but whatever. We have 5,202 Tor nodes that we know about. Uh, Clark Moody has a price of 56190 We have captured 9% of gold's market cap. We are still over $1 trillion in market capitalization, sitting squarely at $1.05 trillion. Taproot activation, let's talk about this for a little bit. Let me refresh. Um, last pool or the last uh, block that is signaling for Taproot. However, Taproot cannot be locked in within this period because 90% of the blocks have to signal. We do not have 90% of the blocks. We have 4.71% of the blocks. That's 95 blocks that are signaling. We have 1,544 upcoming blocks yet to be created, and 377 of the blocks that have been mined already are not signaling for Taproot. And like we heard at the beginning of the show, that's okay. We've got several two-week uh, periods to go through before we have to really start worrying about this shit. But like I said, the very last block has been mined by slush pool. It is signaling. The block before that was is signaling and it was done by F2 pool. The block before that is done by via BTC, not signaling. Let's see if I can find an ant pool. There's slush. There's poolin' is signaling. F2 pool is signaling. Amp pool. Okay, so. The last block uh, that Amp Pool mined was 681,868, and Amp Pool is signaling for taproot activation. This is good news. That's going to do it for vitals. <music> Welcome to part two of the morning roundup. Bitcoin Magazine is going to start this one off. With aluwa pelumi edehumo, I know I butchered it, even though I tried really hard not to. Capitulating to customer demand, Revolut will now allow Bitcoin withdraws. Hmm. Revolut, one of the world's largest mobile financial services platform, historically has allowed users to purchase Bitcoin on the platform, but not transfer it to wallets that they control. However. Per a leaked blog post found by AltFi, premium customers will soon, quote, get beta access to transfer their Bitcoin holdings out of Revolut, end quote. AltFi reported that the announcement was made on Revolut's corporate blog before quickly being deleted. A spokesperson has since confirmed the news and the option should become available on May the 6th, so something like two days from now. Quote, the limitation of not being able to store your holdings anywhere apart from Revolut has long deterred traders as it seemingly goes against the decentralized open principles which underlie crypto. You spelt Bitcoin wrong, AltFi reported. Quote, it has also stopped traders from using crypto bought via Revolut as a medium of exchange given they haven't been able to send or transfer Bitcoin to other customers. End quote. God... You made a box and gave no air holes in it. And you wonder why the pet is dead. Good Lord, y'all. The deleted announcement revealed that the firm was starting with Bitcoin, but will be adding more shit coins and upgrades of shit coins in the future. The report also mentioned that only three external addresses can be added to the app while withdrawals would be limited to 1,000 pounds per month or 500 pounds per day, with limits being reviewed in the future. Oh my God. Notably, financial institutions like PayPal, which offer similar Bitcoin investment options, do not allow their users to withdraw their Bitcoin into wallets for which they control the private keys and therefore the funds. So beware. And here's the other thing that's gonna happen with retail. As they ape in over the crest of the hill, They are going to go, not only are they going to buy shit coins, they are going to be using services like this. And then they're going to wonder why they can't get their shit out. And while they're sitting on their thumbs, wondering why they can't get their shit out, the United States government is going to change rule and then change a rule again and change a rule again to where these guys never know how to get their, get to their money. And when it's all said and done and all the tears are over, maybe just maybe we'll be back into a normal fricking cycle and we can get on with life. However, anything goes at this point. So now S&P is launching cryptocurrency indices, debuting with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Helen Parts tells us about it with Cointelegraph. Yes, I know you don't like hearing the words Ethereum. However, like I said, and I will state in the future, you ain't ever getting rid of this shit. As much as I wish it was gone, it's not going to go anywhere. While that's a problem, there ain't nothing I can do about it. S&P Dow Jones Indices, a major global resource for index-based data and research, has introduced its first cryptocurrency indices amid a renewed surge on crypto markets. The company announced Monday that it launched three crypto indices tied to the performance of the two largest cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and Scumtherium. The newly introduced indices include Bitcoin-based S&P Bitcoin Index, which is the S&P BTC, Ethereum-based S&P Ethereum Index, which is the SPETH, or S-P-E-T-H, and S&P Cryptocurrency Mega Cap Index, S-P-C-M-C, which are designed to track the performance of BTC and ETH weighted by market cap. All three indices are immediately available on the S&P DJI website. The company stressed that the new crypto indices are designed to measure The performance of crypto assets listed on recognized open exchanges that meet minimum liquidity and market cap requirements, quote, the indices aim to bring transparency to the emergency or sorry, the emergency, the emerging cryptocurrency market, S&P DJI noted. According to the announcement, S&P crypto pricing and reference data is provided by crypto accounting and data company Luca. The firm is backed by S&P DJI's parent company S&P Global as well as billionaire investor George Soros. Oh, and accounting advisor CPA.com. S&P DJI initially announced its plan to launch cryptocurrency indices in late 2021. No, it's not late 2021. I think that's a typo. 2020. Reportedly targeting coverage of up to 550 digital assets. S&P DJI's latest move into the cryptocurrency market marks an important milestone for cryptocurrency adoption by traditional finance. The move comes amid a renewed rally on crypto markets with uh, Ether, the second largest crypto by market cap, hitting a new all-time high above $3,400 on Monday. Yeah, that's all-time high against a devaluing currency such as the USD it is nowhere close to its all-time high against Bitcoin. Everything must be measured in Bitcoin. If it's not outperforming Bitcoin, then it's not outperforming a damn thing. And you can tell by going to Michael Saylor's site, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it basically lists like 500 companies and their performance against the price of Bitcoin. All the major hedge funds are there against the price of Bitcoin. And uh, a lot of the other stuff, like the S&P 500, all the indices in the world are compared against Bitcoin. All of them are trending to zero in terms of Bitcoin. Not a single one of them is outperforming. Now, it's possible, probably likely, that Michael Saylor just decided to not include the green ones. But, you know, hey, that's his website. He can do what the hell he wants with it. All right, this one is creepy. Accenture and Digital Dollar Foundation to trial United States CBDC this year. Okay, Um, why are private companies getting into this? Well, because the Federal Reserve is a private company. There is nothing federal about the Federal Reserve, ladies and gentlemen. It is a private bank and any, like, yeah, okay, you you get the chairman appointed by the president or whatever, or at least nominated by the president. Don't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. It's a private company, which is why I'm not surprised that private companies are going to be involved in CBDC. And I'm also not surprised that it's not the Federal Reserve. That's to throw us off the track. Let's find out more about it from Cointelegraph's Martin Young. Fortune 500 company Accenture has teamed up with Digital Dollar Foundation to conduct central bank digital currency trials in the United States announced on Monday, May the 3rd. The newly formed Digital Dollar Project will carry out five CBDC pilot programs over the next 12 months. The project's objective is to generate data to inform U.S. policymakers on how to develop a domestic digital currency. The Digital Dollar Project will launch three pilot programs in the next two months, generating data on the functional, sociological, and business benefits of a digital greenback. Al Jazeera reports that former chair of the Commodities Futures Trading Commission and co-founder of the Digital Dollar Foundation, here he is, Christopher Giancarlo, emphasized the lack of U.S. data regarding CBDCs, quote, there are conferences and papers coming out every week around the world on CBDCs based on data from other countries. What there is not is any real data and testing from the United States to inform that debate. We're seeking to generate that real world data, end quote. However, the Fed is taking a cautious approach as the guardian of the world's reserve currency, the report added, with Chairman Jerome Powell responding that it is far more important to get a digital dollar right than it is to be fast. Well, duh. I mean, if you're going to roll out slave slave bucks, you might as well make sure the chains are polished. Giancarlo countered that Powell <coughs> was correct to be cautious but warned that the United States could fall further behind as China pushes ahead with its own CBDC testing and deployment. While the United States Federal Reserve has been conducting research into the technology and applications for a CBDC, the United States lags behind the digital currency initiatives currently ongoing in numerous other jurisdictions. China's central bank and leading state banks have recently been preparing to test the digital yuan for a shopping festival on May the 5th. Accenture has also worked on a number of CBDC projects in other countries, including Canada, Singapore, France, and Sweden, which has already or sorry completed the first phase of its pilot. According to a study by the Bank for International Settlements, 80% of the world's central banks are already researching central bank-issued digital currencies. Yeah, you're only 11 years behind. Have fun staying poor. Actually, they're not. They're not going to have fun staying poor. They're going to compete. They're going to be there and it's going to be another it's going to be another clown show just like Shitcoins, except that these are going to have actual teeth. Be prepared to fight these people and also be prepared not to win this. Also be prepared to use a parallel currency system and try everything you can. To make sure that you never have a slave buck that you have to depend on. They're going to make sure you have slave bucks. Oh yeah. And you're going to have to deal with them. But if you can make sure that you don't have to have that as your primary source of wealth, happiness, and the ability to transfer treasure to the next generation, then you'll be fine. If you are going to depend on slave bucks, then you're going to be in trouble because they're slave bucks. Bitstamp plans U.S. expansion following 570% growth of signups. Oh man, Mandy Williams writing for Crypto Potato tells us about this thing. Popular cryptocurrency exchange Bitstamp has announced that it will be expanding its United States operations following a groundbreaking feat recorded in the country in the first four months of this year. Highlighting its achievements within the period, Bitstamp said in a press release shared with Crypto Potato today that new customer signups from U.S. residents surged by 570%. The third largest exchange noted that transaction volume, including trading and deposits in the region, also increased monthly by 348%. Furthermore, U.S. customers' assets under management rose to 281% in Q1 of 2020, as well as a 325% growth was being recorded in the firm's mobile app usage within the United States environs. Notably, US customers alone account for 11% of the firm's total assets under management of $11 million, which is one of the driving forces why the firm has chosen to boost its business in the country. Based on these achievements, the company said it would expand its US-based operations by investing more funds which will cater to the acquisition of an additional workforce to further enhance its United States presence. As part of efforts to boost its customer support, Bitstamp stated that it would increase its dedicated support staff by 50% this year to further reduce its 22 seconds cell waiting time. So actually, it's not all that bad. Commenting on the development, Julian Sawyer, Bitstamp CEO said, the company is poised to become leader, a leader in the United States crypto industry, a market that has seen widespread adoption of the asset class from both retail and institutional investors. He further added that the growth of Bitstamp's business in the country shows U.S. clients prefer the exchange over its competition. Eh, yeah, 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 tooting your own horn. Meanwhile, as Bitstamp prepares to conquer the United States crypto market, the exchange will come head-to-head with tough competitors like Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken. Coinbase is already the market leader in the region and was recently listed on NASDAQ via a direct listing bolstering the company's valuation of $100 billion. Gemini and Kraken, on the other hand, are reportedly planning to follow in the footsteps of Coinbase to go public in the United States stock market. So there you go. Bitstamp growing by leaps and bounds. Is it good? No. (laughs) Well, yes and no. This goes back to the the premise uh, of the show that shit coins are not going to go away. And Bitstamp is going to, they're going to make a boatload of money off of retail. It's just going to happen and we're going to have to watch it. (sighs) Hey, I got a new segment. Let's try this one. For those of you who are wondering what the Hello Canada segment is about, it's about the weirdness going on in Canada. No, it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It has nothing to do with shitcoins. It has everything to do with human freedom. What we're seeing in Canada is unprecedented. Yes, we think it's bad in other parts of the world, and it is, but I ain't ever seen anything like this before. And what's really surprising is that it's coming from freaking Canada. These are some of the nicest people that I've ever met. And yet their government, the people who, are, who make up the Canadian government, apparently are the absolute worst scum on this planet. And it's just so sad to watch my northern neighbors have to do shit like, well, shit like this. <clears throat> Canadians avoid COVID-19 restrictions by crossing the border on foot. Making Basically, guys, this is making Canadians like, you know, when 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 Americans talk about illegal aliens coming across the border up from the South, this is sort of like the same shit. Only they're trying to get into their very own country. They can't fly in, so they're having to walk. This is, God, this is bad. This was yesterday. This is written by Joe Jenko from NorthCountryPublicRadio.org. Canadian uh, Canadians are required to follow strict travel requirements due to COVID-19. Flying into ca- Canada results in a federal requirement for a three-day stay quarantined in a hotel that can cost up to $2,000 Canadian per person followed by an additional quarantine at home. <coughs> Many Canadians have been flying to United States airports and then walking across the border to avoid that quarantine requirement, according to CBC News, which estimated more than 20,000 such crossings since February. One such couple, Rick and Bernie Vernon of Orea, Ontario, were crossing the Rainbow Ridge on foot last Wednesday morning. They traveled from Hutuleo, mexico they decided to try the u.s route (coughs) after their flight home was canceled three times quote i think the canadian government is doing it to punish us rick said he just retired at the age of 59 from his overhead door company and spent 11 weeks in mexico with bernie as a post-retirement celebration they left mexico city at 8 a.m tuesday flying to atlanta and then buffalo reaching the border at about 10 30 a.m on wednesday Quote, the experience traveling has been phenomenal, Rick said. Everyone was so nice. Our government and Prime Minister Trudeau has created a crap show and try to punish Canadians who travel, end quote. Bernie said the couple was antigen tested in Pacatula, Oaxaca, Oaxaca, Mexico. (laughs) Then they were tested again in Atlanta and one more time in Buffalo. So they got tested three times. They still can't even get in their own country by an airplane. Once they crossed into Canada, they expected to be tested yet again before finally making it home and planning to quarantine for the required 14 days. The Canadian government's travel website, and they give the website, reports a test is required for Canadians eight days after returning home and then again in the middle of the 14-day quarantine. The border has been closed since March of 2020 and will remain so through at least May the 21st. So on, on this whole thing, this O oh Canada segment began on Twitter when I, I just stated without any, you know, reference to news, uh, agencies or articles that what's going on in Canada is just, is absolutely frightening. And a bunch of people wrote back saying, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean what's going on? Have you not heard about any of this shit? This is a shit show that comes out like this has been going on for four weeks <clears throat> Okay, well, it's been going on longer than that, but the the news stories that have been coming out have been flooding over the last four weeks, making it, you know, where you can't just, you literally can't not see it. So I decided to add the O Canada segment so that we can keep track of the buffoonery that's actually going on to our neighbors in the north because this shit, this shit's out of control. And it's also time for the end of the show. If you want to support me, please do it. You can stream me Satoshis while listening to the show on Breeze Wallet. Just get your Breeze Wallet. No, they're not a sponsor of the show. I'm just telling you how to stream me sats, bitches. So <clears throat> get the Breeze Wallet loaded it up. It's a lightning network wallet. Uh, they'll, they'll It's custodial, be aware, uh, but they'll get you some sats that they'll handle and, and manage the lightning channels in the background. You don't ever have to even worry about it just throw some money on there and you can stream me sats inside the wallet on their podcasting app, which is inside the wallet. You don't have to go anywhere further than the wallet. Just look at the left-hand side of the screen and you'll see a little microphone at one point or another. Tap that and you can search for my podcast, Bitcoin and, and you can set it, you know, I suggest three sats per minute and stream me some sats to help support the show. Also like subscribe, share the damn thing. give me a five-star review, do all the things, reach for all the stuff. Just do me a favor. Do not ape over the hill like retail and get into the most garbage crap. Save yourself and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.